Hi there. It's Wednesday. Happy hump day. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's time. You guys wouldn't fucking believe what I just went through to get my LED light and camera to work. Not like I've been doing this every week for almost a year, but this evening, this shit was bananas. So, let me get my glass. No, I gotta have my glass. So, three cheers of joy tonight out of my, damn it, 50 years of joy, right? This is my Steffi. So, tonight I'm having um, Yellowtail Shiraz, and I never really drink a Shiraz. It all depends on where I am and what, you know, if they have a petite Syrah or it just kind of stands out. But tonight I'm drinking it because I'm on a fucking budget and it was on clearance at Walgreens. So... Cheers to my $4 bottle of wine from Walgreens. This is a Shiraz. So let's get started with our three cheers of joy. I also have some water. I've been trying to increase my water intake, so I'm drinking water too. So I'll be drinking both of those. Regular water out of the tap. Because every time I say I can't drink any water because I don't have any bottles, it gets in the way of me actually drinking some water. And keep in mind, I'm 50. And I've lived in the United States my whole life, and I've traveled, and I've had some yucky-ass shit in my mouth. And if I can't drink water out the tap, that's some boozy shit, boozy shit on my part, so fuck it. My water's out of the tap. Gotta increase my water intake. So I was drinking way too much wine and liquor and soft drinks and not enough. Well, not even soft drinks. Diet Coke. It's another vice. I got so many vices. Um, so now I'm drinking some water too, and it's in my step, my other Steffi, so I have both of my Steffis tonight. So good uh, evening, everybody. Hey, there's Chanel. I can't wait to hear cruise. So good evening, everybody. Let's get started. So three cheers of joy. First of all, <laughs> so you guys know I was doing my yoga, um, and I'm supposed to do 30 days of yoga, but... I've done 29 days of yoga. So 29 days of yoga in like 34 days, 35 days. I missed a few days playing. But this morning, yesterday morning, this morning I went walking because I need an extra little oomph. So this morning I went walking and guess what I did? Bitch started running. Yes, I did. I haven't been running and like physically running and there was, nothing was chasing me. I haven't been running in probably... I'm sure more than a year, but this morning I went running. So now it was, I won't even say only, it was more than half a mile that I actually ran. And then I walked the rest of the way just to complete my probably about a mile and a half, two miles this morning. So I was really pleased. I felt like running and I did, and I didn't talk myself out of it. So my first cheer of joy, a bitch was running this morning. So cheers to that. My second cheer of joy is that I know, ugh, I don't know what's in my mouth, maybe some of my dinner, but people have been talking about, it's Lent today, Lent started today for 40 days, right? So everybody's talking about what they're going to give up. So I decided when I read somebody's post about what are you going to give up for Lent, I decided that I was going to give up second guessing myself when a thought or desire came my way that I was going to stop talking myself out of it and it started this morning with the idea of you should run and instead of me like talking myself out of it I actually started running and it was fine so 
I'm giving up for Lent, talking myself out of these fluid thoughts that I have. This is my second share of joy. And if you're giving up something for Lent, share. What are you giving up and why? I never really give up anything for Lent. I only saw that on a, see how this works? I saw that on a post and decided. As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, I'm going to give up and I'm doing it. So I'm not going to second guess myself. So that's my second cheer of joy. My third cheer of joy is that, hmm, so much goodness. My, oh, I probably shouldn't even tell this. I'm going to talk about this. Okay, so I'm going to talk about it. So one of the things as a parent and a grandparent, I'm very, I'm a vocal I'm a communicator across the board. So I'm not big on hitting kids like spanking and that kind of stuff. It confused, that's still, my brain doesn't work well with spankings and love. Like you don't get to hit me and love me. So my that's a little tweak, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. So I've always been a big communicator and I taught my children all kinds of shit. We will have a conversation about anything at any time. Like I really just haven't had any boundaries and, um, I'm the same way with my granddaughter, probably worse with my granddaughter because I'm older and hell, it's my granddaughter. So um, the other morning, so I'm thankful for, my cheer of joy is I'm grateful for being able to feed her intuitiveness, right? So that I don't just shut her down, that I can have the conversation with her and believe it or not, she has it back. So. The other morning I was getting ready for work and um, I finished my yoga, had my shower, and I was pouring a can of sparkling water into my glass. And she came into my room and she's like, good morning, Grammy. Good morning, princess. You know, it's morning. It's early as hell. You know how kids are. Ah, wired. So she said, what's that? I said, it's my water. It's sparkling water. And she said, sparkling water? And I said, yes, it has carbonation in it like seriously that's what I said it has carbonation in it like bubbles remember we talked about carbonation and she was like oh yeah she said is it wine and I said no it's not wine it's water and it has the bubbles it has the carbonation and she said and thought for a moment and she said oh like champagne <laughs> I was like yes exactly like champagne so that was really funny to me because you never think about the little ones paying so much attention to you and holding on to the things that you, you teach them or that you say to them and you guys know from my podcast that I do 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 love drinking my champagne and she's seen it in the glass and we've talked about the carbonation the bubbles so two things the one that she remembered and two she was able to make the correlation from the bubbles in my sparkling water to the bubbles in the champagne and I thought she's fucking brilliant that's my grandbaby so three cheers of joy the first one was what was the first one I celebrate everything the second one was oh the first one was that I ran this morning I got that one mixed up with the second so the first one was that I ran this morning on my walk the second one is that I've stopped I'm going to commit to not second-guessing myself um, for 40 days for Lent. 
So that kind of aided with my running this morning. And the third is being able to feed the intuitiveness of my grandbaby. So those are my three cheers of joy. Tonight is Wednesday, February 26th. And you're at Joycelyn Wells and Joy Exposed. So we shall get started. So thank you, everybody, for joining in. I appreciate you. It's good to see all these wonderful names popping up. So I made some notes today because I'm going to talk about my children right now until I get to the meat and potatoes of the show because they have really been on some just funny moments this week. So I'm going to share some stuff about them. So the first thing is I'm very dramatic and I have to think like for the main thing for me is to be finally to be in a relationship with someone who's like okay with the fact that I'm so fucking dramatic because I am all the time so I get used to get so tickled when people would say I don't want any drama when they talk about any relationship I don't want any drama and I would be like well fuck you I'm drama I'm dramatic every day so I think that's kind of funny but what I'm the reason I mention that is because I get to see that same level of intensity in my children like in the girls and Quentin and Quentin is a man so his is a little different it's a more subdued drama it's a it's a man's style of offering the drama but the girls are crazy as hell so my oldest daughter joya two things about her first thing she's literally been living her best life for the past shit how long five years she's 25 so seven years she's been living her best life like she's been doing whatever the fuck she wanted to do and now she's kind of growing up because we have to grow up. So she's growing into her adult self. And she's starting a, started a job working for a university. And, you know, so she, now she's, like, important. Like, all of a sudden, work is important where work necessarily, working for someone necessarily wasn't important, important a year ago. Now it's important. And, of course, because it's important to her, she can offer you advice on your work, too. So Joya is working. And she's loving it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the funny thing is her ass goes to work like she is on a fucking runway. Like she's going to be in her cubicle on the phone talking to clients all day. And she is dressed like she is at the New York Fashion Week. <laughs> she's got on like a, it says it's cold in there. So she's got on this big ass jacket that looks like sheep's fur or some shit she's got long ass hair in and eyelashes and her fingernails like she's really like all dolled up and um she sent us a picture in our group met our family message the other day of her drinking her juice and you guys may have seen it because i posted it she's drinking her juice and my daughter jasmine was like we should make it a meme so jasmine and i conjured up what the meme would say and then I put it together and it said nobody with no words and then it says call center worker and then it's her with her juice and all dolled up right it was fucking hilarious and she's so serious the funny thing about it is she reminds me of my mom <laughs> a lot like she reminds me of her grandmother my mom a lot because my mom as far back as I could remember, when I was a little, little girl, six or seven years old, my mom used to change her fingernail polish 
think this is the 70s. She used to change her fingernail polish every day to match her outfit. So that was a part of her day to repolish her nails every day to match the outfit that she was going to wear. And she would be decked out. And they, till the day she retired, she always dressed like she was, like that day was important to her. Like she was bringing her best self in there. And she used to get so mad at me because I would not iron my clothes. And I would be like, oh, fuck that, whatever. And, you know, so now my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter is doing the same thing. So that's kind of, that was really funny to me. And I'm going to put it in my, I'll put it on the Joy Exposed page so you can see it. The other thing is that about my kids being so dramatic, the same daughter, Joya, just bought a new car not even three weeks ago. Somebody in the parking lot backed into that shit, right? So she was pissed. She called the person that gets just as pissed or more so with her, her sister, Jasmine. So I got home and Jasmine's like, have you talked to Joya? Did she tell you what happened? And I was like, no. Like, and you guys know I tell you, I keep me a calm spirit all the time. Like, I don't get caught up. I'm like, no, I haven't talked to her. Somebody hit her car. They backed in her. So Jasmine, uh, wait, Jasmine hasn't even seen the damn car. She's only going off what Joya has said. They backed in her car and she, that, that, that. I was like, what? So I went to send Joya a message. Hey girl, you good? Cause she hadn't told me. I'm good. Somebody backed into my fucking car in the parking lot. And so this is her texting me. And I said, um, can you buff it out? Like, will you be able to wipe it off? Or, you know, is it, what kind of damage is it? And her reply was, well, you might be able to wipe it off. But that's not the point. <laughs> I was like, Oh, God. So Jasmine's talking about calling a lawyer and the police. Joya, so they have this whole big thing, and it's probably somebody's got a little paint on it you could buff out. She ain't sent no pictures, so that lets you know already it's not as severe or drastic as this hyper-drama moment that they're having. So that's just them and their dramatics which is hilarious to me because they remind me so much of myself because i am very dramatic as well so you got to see that in your kids now jasmine i wanted to share this because i love this thought jasmine is married and she's 23 so she's young right so she's married and has a baby that's ariel's mom her husband works as a chef at a restaurant cheddars at your yeah, cheddars her husband works as a chef I think it's so funny that he works at a restaurant all day making food for everybody and he rushes home to eat what she's cooked and I'm thinking that's why she's such a good wife <laughs> because I would have been like honey you need to eat at work because we ate peanut butter and jelly like, I didn't cook. So she's cooked tonight maybe some little red beans. They're not kidney beans because they're smaller than that. So some little red beans and some beef, short ribs, and rice. And it's Wednesday. This is how she cooks every fucking day. He cannot wait to get home to eat dinner. And she makes sure that shit is hot and ready to go. So I think that's really sweet. 
for them. And I think that, you know, maybe I would have benefited from a little bit of that when I was married. Let me think. No, I probably wouldn't have done all that. But anyway, I think that's really sweet. She definitely cooks for his ass and he is ready to eat. So lastly, before we get into the meat of it, my son Quentin, he's 17. Quentin has started to infuse curse words into his conversation. Has anybody had that experience? Do you guys, your kids do that? So with Quentin being 17, he's getting mad right? You know, when you're younger, you just, when they're younger, I would be like, well, you know, you just have to maintain your temper. You can't get upset, you know, so I would walk them through it. Not necessarily, you know, for me, I always think you don't let rage control you. You control the rage. So I kind of taught my kids that same thing. Like, you know, you don't let the rage get the best of you. You kind of control it, you know, how it feels and that kind of thing. So Quentin, being 17 and is now like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, taller than me. He's a young man. Like, he's a man. He's a whole fucking man. And so now when he talks, and he's very calm and deliberate in his tone, da, 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 da. He starts getting mad and he curses. And and I'm first the, he's done it a few times. And I would be like, did he just curse? So I let it ride because, okay. So last night we were talking. He was fussing about something. He was in a little fit. And I was saying, well, I said, you know, you really only have 239 days of school left before you graduate. <laughs> he said, God damn, 239 days. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's good, right? So for me, being 50, 239 days sounds good to me because if he has 239 days of school left, that means I have 239 days of school left because I have plans. When Quentin graduates, I have plans. So I'm looking forward to his graduation, not just for his graduation, but because I have plans too. So I have the days down of how many days I'd have to work, not including weekends, how many days I have to work. So I'm excited about it because hell, I've been working since 1984. <laughs> so I'm ready to leave this part of my life to go on to the next thing. But he was, to him, it sounds still like a long time. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then as we continued to talk, he cursed about something else. And I was just like, Oh, you're cursing now and he's like well mom I've, I've said like seven cuss words so he's paying attention to it I've said like seven cuss words and I was like no worries you know shit you managed to get through school you got a 4.9 GPA I figure if you throw in a couple of cuss words it's because that's what you wanted to say I can get with that so it was kind of funny so I just wanted to share a couple of those little funny things about my kids because they're fucking dramatic as hell and they're so me that's the thing about it when you look at your kids somebody even posted on Facebook and said when you look at your kids do you get mad and fight with them because they're so much like you and I said I don't fight with kids like I'm, I'm not gonna fight with the kids because they're growing up I'm grown they're growing so I'm not fighting with them so nah no no fighting for me so but I do enjoy the, I do enjoy them growing up and um, just watching them turn into adults. I think that's a lot of fun. Looking at the kids go from teeny tiny, like, 
ooh, they're your little babies inside of you. And then all of a sudden, they're going to be adults. So that's really just warms my heart to see them turning into adults. I do love being a mommy. So, um, so that's that. And let's get in our Facebook post of the week. Uh, 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 let's see. We got a couple of good Facebook posts this week. A couple things I downloaded today because... Oh, yeah, that was funny. Oh, I got to share this. Okay. So this is just funny. And I, I saw this one when Faceless Love was here. Hey, does any does this seem delayed to you guys? Because it looks delayed to me. I'm wondering if there's a connection problem, if I should start over or not. Do you guys think so or no? No? Well, let me know. All right. So... I was with Faceless Love and I saw this post. It's fucking hilarious. So this guy, his name is Cedric Dunson. He says, I met an older woman at a bar last night. She wasn't bad for 57. We drank and bullshitted a bit. Then she asked if I ever had a mother and daughter threesome. <laughs> I'm already giggling. I'm the worst at telling fucking stories because I start loving I start laughing ahead of time. So he said, uh, she asked if I had ever had a mother and daughter threesome. I said, no. We drank a bit more. Then she says that tonight was my lucky night. I went back to her place. She put the hall light on and shouted upstairs, mom, you still awake? <laughs> When I read that, that had me so tickled. Because she's 57, so what does that make the mom like? Uh, 77, easy. And he's going to have a mother-daughter threesome. Hilarious. So Cedric Dunson, thank you for that. You really, really, really made my day. Laughing at that shit. At the imagery of it. That was so funny. All right, let's see what else. Thank you, baby. Uh, thank you, Jasmine. And then this one that I loved and Nicole Oprah, Wilhelmina Hampton Smith is um, a producer. She's a director. She does stage plays, movies. Like she's, her mix is, she's all in the mix. And I've talked about her before. She and I have gotten together to write a script for a movie short for the virtues of joy. And we still have that in the hopper. We're just waiting for the money to align and the universe to deliver what we need so we can record it, so we can film it. And that's going to be really fun because if you haven't read my book, The Virtues of Joy, it's really sexy. Like it has a level of eroticism that is difficult to imagine, but it's so good. So Oprah said, according to Wilhelmina, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. The ability to triumph begins with you, always. I love this quote tonight because this is what I always talk about. I hate to say this, but nobody fucking matters other than you. <laughs> when you think of being of your purpose and being on your path, you realize that nobody matters but you. Like you are the person that makes the moment you that make the moments happen. You are the person that makes the 
goodness happen as soon as you trust and believe that the that the universe has delivered you here without you trying to control it find your place and go with the flow of it it's so good so it's all on you but we get so caught up and over the next 10 or 11 weeks we're going to look at a lot of those issues that keep us hostage we talked about many of them do here joy exposed we expose the bullshit we try to get to a place of understanding who we are and why we are and we tackle it from that um aspect so i love that quote from um wilhelmina that she posted from oprah you are the beginning i actually i'm in the process of writing a book right now and it's it talks about that happiness begins with i everything that's happy and good about me begins with me and I'm literally in the process of writing that book right now. So I wholeheartedly agree with this. And I thought it was perfect timing to come up on my timeline. So thank you, Wilhelmina Hampton-Smith. And then uh, the next one I want to share is just, it says, I need, I just need one person to never give up on me. Just one. And y'all already know what I said to that shit. The person who doesn't ever give up on you is you nobody else fucking matters so if you're looking for one person to never give up on you you're that person you're that person to never give up on you you just got to get in the mindset that you understand that your purpose is here and that you've been chosen otherwise it's a waste because no human no human is capable of supporting you and um, getting you to that place like you are for yourself. Now, people will, people can offer you kind of that push to do it, but they're still responsible for their own shit. They need to be not giving up on themselves. No one's going to sacrifice who they are for your goodness. People will support your goodness, and they will love you. And not even a lot of people, very few people, maybe one, maybe two, but they're not going to give up. They can't sacrifice their purpose for yours. They can be there and be like, yeah, way to go. But they still have to concentrate on what they're supposed to do. So we have to offer it both ways. But if you want somebody that's going to be with you to the end, it's the person you were born with. You were born with yourself, you're going to die with yourself. And that shit is true. So those are my Facebook posts of the week. So there was three. There was one about... Um, the funny joke from uh, Cedric about the threesome, and then the quote from Oprah from Wilhelmina, and then the idea of never giving up on yourself, and that's some real shit. You don't give up on yourself. My camera looks like it's moving so slow. I hope the audio isn't moving like that for you guys. All right. So let's keep going. So let's see. First off, let me say this. April 11th, which is two months, less than two months from now, about a month and a half. April 11th, Joy Exposed will be one year old. So that means from April 11th, 2019 to April 11th, 2020, I could have recorded, because it's leap year, 53 shows. But let's see. I did, I went three weeks in 
Italy without a show. So that's 50. And then I did the Thursday before Thanksgiving. That's 49. And I think I had one more Thursday. So that means I would have had 48 shows from April 11th to April 11th. And I think that's a big fucking deal. So we're going to have to figure out how to celebrate our first anniversary on Joy Exposed. Let me make myself a note so I don't get lost in that thought. So we're going to have to figure out how to celebrate that. Um, so last Valentine's Day, Faceless Love and I went to dinner and we met this great couple and the guy was from Mobile, Alabama. And I'm going to talk about this briefly. We're not, I'm not going to talk about it very long. But So it's a white American couple. I think she's from somewhere in Florida. He's from Alabama. And they met on like Match.com. And we sat and spoke with them. Well, the guy is from Mobile, Alabama. And he freaking loves Mobile, Alabama. So much that he had a tattoo of the seal of Mobile, Alabama on his calf. And he sat there and gave us so much history on Mobile, Alabama, that we decided we have to go there to visit. Just because if it's that great that you got a seal tattooed on your calf, it's got to be fucking great. So we're going to have to go there and visit just to see what's going on in Mobile. Just some the historical aspect of it. And then also, his girlfriend works in... Um, she, not child care. She works for the courts for the foster children to keep the make sure the foster kids are being taken care of. So that's what she does. So she and I connected in that space because I work with the alternative school kids. So she and I connected there and um you know, uh almost shed a couple tears. No, I'll cry about them kids. They them kids bring the tears to my eyes, baby. They make me weepy because I feel bad for the a lot of them, but you know, they'll be okay. They're gonna be fine. We're gonna do what we can do for them. We're, it's part of our part of our purpose. It's on our path, so we're gonna infuse ourselves the way that we can, and we're gonna go from there. But it's I I do know. I'll talk about this in a second. Let me get through this with her. So she and I met, and we connected on um, that with the kids, and she was telling me she's like, "You just don't look fifty years old." And I said, I don't. And she's like, no, you don't look 50. She's like, you look so good. You know, she's going on. So she was like, is it the weave? And I said, the what? She said, is it the weave? Now, we're in a restaurant, so I can't really hear. How about I thought the damn woman was saying, is it the weed? <laughs> like, I'm smoking weed. I was like, is it the weed? And she said, the weave, your hair, is it the weave? I was like, oh, girl, I thought you said weed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not really smoking any weed. But I was like, and I was like, it's not weave, it's my hair. And she was like, is it? And I was like, yes. She's like, can I touch it? People always want to touch your hair. Especially, I think, white Probably white American people want to touch, people want to touch black people hair because they, it's, our hair is so coarse and coily and they don't really know what to expect because it's so opposite of their own. So they're trying to figure out what the hell it feels like. She's like, can I touch it? I was like, sure. 
you know, I let her touch it. She didn't have any bad energy because y'all know I don't let, really let people touch my hair or play in it. She could touch it, no problem. So she touched it and she was like, oh, I thought it was a weave. I thought, you know, she's telling me about it. And I was like, no, it's like, it's really, weave is very popular, but um, I, this isn't a weave. And she's like, oh, so we just continued our night. So I thought that was kind of funny because people, you realize when you're dealing with people of different cultures, they do tread lightly on the way that they talk to you because everybody's aware of offending you. Nobody wants to offend anybody these days. And I don't want to offend anybody either. Like I I literally hate to offend people, right? Like I don't, I'm gonna make sure I ask a question in the most middle of the road way without pissing somebody off. And I appreciate when people do the same thing for me. So that makes me um, happy. It made me happy and not offended. And some people would get offended. You know, I, you know, you, I talk to girlfriends, sisters and be like, oh, I would have been like, bitch, fuck you. Ah, she, they mean no harm. That shit, what it was, no big deal. So I thought that was funny. I wanted to share that because I didn't talk about that last week from Valentine's Day, but they were a great little couple. They were, and the, the guy was trying to sell faceless love like a Maserati or something, a Ferrari or a Maserati, some kind of crazy ass car. And faceless love must look like he can buy one <laughs> because he was like, yo, man. It's in Atlanta. Let me show you the pictures. You know, like, he pulling out the pictures, showing him the pictures, telling him where he could go to test drive it and all this shit. I was like, we are not buying no fucking Maserati. Get out of here. <laughs> so, but Faceless Love must have been giving off that big dick energy. You know what they say? What is it called? Yeah, the big dick energy where you got this bigness, goodness around you, big money, access to funds. He must have been giving it off because that guy was trying to sell him that damn car. I was like, child, please, we ain't buying that. Look, I'm like, we ain't buying that. Are we, baby? We buy. <laughs> he could have been like, yeah, we gonna buy it. I would have been like, well, okay, we gonna buy it. But you know, I was trying to talk it out. But I thought that was funny. So it was really, it's a Ferrari or a Maserati. I can't remember what it was, but it only had like eighteen thousand miles on it. Whatever the hell kind of car it was. And y'all know me and my Impala. I would have been like, I'm taking the Maserati today, baby. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, this is what I was going to say about work just a second ago when I was talking to that lady. I know that I'm working in my gift. And I always thought that being in education was my gift because I'm so good at it. But what I'm finding out being in it is that it was a conduit to get to my gift. It's not necessarily my gift. It is a place that I am that I'm able to use uh, skills associated with my gift, but it's not where I'm supposed to be forever. And it's exhausting me that I'm not, nece I'm not necessarily enjoying it anymore. And I'm going and I, I wake up in the morning trying to figure out how not to go. So if somebody said that to me, I would tell them it's time to start planning your escape. Like, how do you get out of it? And, you know, that's all things considering. All things considered. Retirement. Um, your re retirement. And that's the main thing. Retirement. Your money that you have saved. What's the benefit to you financially? And although it is important to walk in your gift and do the thing that the light shines on you and to be of God's purpose, our human self says, 
I've got to figure out this moment so that when I'm 70, I can take care of myself. So that's a place that I have to figure out. That's the thing that I'm having to figure out. But it's getting more difficult every day to go to work. And it could be because my other business, I've said before, is now taking the lead on opportunities. So it's doing a little flip-flop for the amount of work that I have, the what I, people that I have access to, and the fact that I'm truly walking in my gift. And we'll talk about that later, what the gift means. And we've talked about it before, but I want to expand the idea. So... Although education has been really, it's been fulfilling, this is the time that I have to decide. This is the time that I have to realize that this isn't the place that I'm supposed to be forever. It's a place that I'm supposed to be, to do, to get to where I'm supposed to be. And that's really taken a lot of understanding and faith in me and believing that God is moving me, moving in me every day. So that's a really a hard pill for me to swallow because... I'm amazing in the classroom and I'm amazing with those students and I am a phenomenal teacher. Like these are things that I do know, but I also feel the impact that it's having on me and how it impacts my ability to move forward and the gift that I found. So I'm working on that and you guys will watch me struggle in it and you'll probably be through, um, you'll probably be with me while I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I appreciate you all for doing that. And hopefully, if you guys are feeling the way, make some moves too. So we'll keep, we'll go on. It's 9.41 and uh, we have about 20 minutes left. So let me say this now. If you haven't subscribed to any of the channels outside of this so you can listen to past episodes, there is now fucking Pandora. I talked about that last week. So we're streaming on Pandora, and you can download Pandora and listen to the podcast there. And um, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. So we're on seven different platforms, right? We are definitely rocking seven different platforms. So if you're writing to work or you just want some extra to do, download Joy Exposed. You can Google it. We're Googleable. Download Joy Exposed. Um, subscribe to one of those channels. It's fine. I would love that. Thank you very much. I need to do a campaign for that. Um, so the Pandora is the most recent, and that's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, so you can get in, um Pick us up at any of those places. You can Google Joycelyn Wells, Joy Exposed. And, of course, you can go to my website, joycelynwells.com. And everything is on joycelynwells.com. I'm talking my blog, my events calendar, which I have an event on March 28th in Atlanta. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, there's everything there. And remember, I'm growing. So I'm growing, I'm writing, I'm learning every single day. There's nothing about me that tells you that I am where I'm going to be. Nothing. Because I know I'm growing. I feel it. I can feel the impact of it in my life, in my spirit. So that brings me to the last part of the show. We have, I well, I have started writing a new book. And I mentioned this earlier. And the book is called Happiness Begins With I. Yeah, with I. And that's something that I have to remember that 
if I'm going to be happy, it's going to start with me. No one else is going to give me happiness. That's just really not how it works. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what this book looks like because it's really stepping outside of, it's really not even stepping outside of myself. It's really allowing me to expand. Now we think about my first writings were erotic short stories, yummy, sexy, fucking short stories. And now this writing is more of an evolution of me as a person, as a writer, as a woman, and understanding where I am and my movements, right, in the universe. So this is Happiness Begins With I. I'm using a lot of Maslow, and I've talked about Maslow before to you guys. Safety, that means having a place to live, feeling safe in your space, like nobody's going to fuck with you. Safety is important. That's the second rung. Love and belonging, finding love, finding love within yourself, belonging to groups. And if you're anything like me, I never belong to a group. I, the only place I belonged without any bullshit was in the pages of books in the library. I could be long in the library. But when it came to groups, and I talked about this in my writings, is that I always felt alone, like I was talking outside of the group. Esteem how you see yourself. And then lastly is self-actualization. Now, when I came across Maslow, I wanted self-actualization was the key for me. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm given a challenge of something greater and I've never even played a competitive sport I know now as an adult I would have been kick ass in a competitive sports let me tell you how competitive I am and I'm gonna get back to this in a second every week I'm in a walking group on my Fitbit and you know we walk sometimes I'm in like I haven't really been in it competitive for a while but I'm trying not to be last well I'm actually competing this week Faceless Love and I were talking last night, and he said, um, I said, yeah, I think I'm number three in the group. I'm only about 3,000 from number one. He said, oh, well, I'm going to catch y'all tomorrow when I go to work because I'm a badass bitch. I said, oh, you're not going to catch me just like that. He started laughing. He just laughed. Ha, 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 ha. He said, what you say? I said, you're not going to catch me. And he just laughed. And I didn't say nothing else because I'm like, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I don't give a fuck what you do. You're not going to catch me this week because I'm competing this week. <laughs> so that's how competitive I am. I never knew that I had that competitive energy in me until I was an adult, but I never played any sports. I never, I was never in a situation of competition, but I'm competitive as hell. So when I found out about this, hierarchy of needs to someone's idea of a psychologist idea of what it looks like to be great in your space is called self-actualization that means when you have reached the pinnacle the area in that pinnacle that you have accessed your gifts your motivation increases and you work harder without tiring. I was like, oh, that's me. I'm going to be self-actualized. That's going to be my goal. So I've always kind of had that in my mind since my undergrad psych class. I'm going to be self-actualized. I want to be fucking great. 
what does it take for me to be great? The funny thing is the thing that gets in your way. Life fucking gets in the way because you've got to get through the physiological needs, the safety needs, the love and belonging, and the esteem. The problem is when you're in the lower level and you meet those needs, what happens to your motivation? Decrease. When you're hungry and you eat, are you still seeking food at the same level? No, because you're not hungry anymore. So when you're in the bottom, or not even, I'll say three-quarter, four-fifths of the bottom of the pyramid, your mo as soon as you attain something, your motivation decreases. But once you, if you can break through that ceiling, or if you can break through that barrier to get to the self-actualization, the motivation increases. So I'm still learning about this now, and this is part of what I'm writing about in my book, is how do you get to be actualized? The problem, not a problem, the statistic that went with it was like one out of a hundred people get to being self-actualized. One out of a hundred people. So, you know, for me, that's like shit, I'm going to be that one out of a hundred. Because I'm like, I know a hundred motherfuckers, but I'm going to be the one that reach self-actualization. Like, I'm going to be the one to be able to, let's see. Oprah is self-actualized, Dr. King, Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Ellen. Those are the people that self-actualized. I'm going to be self-actualized. And I've been thinking about this before Ellen came into the spotlight. So there, these are the people in the spotlight when I talk about it that you, I can tell you that they have become self-actualized because they operate in a space that doesn't require them to tire. They don't get tired of it. They're not exhausted by it because they're operating within their gift. And I want it to be self-actualized. But of course, I was married, kids, and these are the things that set you back. Divorce, death in the family, financial issues. When those things happen, you're not motivated to move forward. You're digging yourself out of another rut, right? But you have to figure out how to get through that. And that's where I'm working now. So when I started writing the book, Happiness Begins With I, I knew that I want to write, wanted to write it. And I knew that I had some ideas and topics I wanted to include in it. I had a general idea. Well, comes to find out, all of the ideas I want to include, all of the ideas and topics that I want to include fall in the category of safety within Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Amazing. Like the universe is like handing me this. Now, if I wasn't in a good place to receive it, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I sat down and started writing not even a week ago, right? Like fluid writing. Like I was I've told you guys this before. I get into this writing zone where I'm throwing, like I'm literally throwing up words. I can't stop. My flow is just on and on and on and on. And that's where I am right now. So I was talking to Faceless Love and, you know, he and I talk on the phone at night or whatever. And I told him the other day, I was like, hey, babe, I got to call you back. I'm, I'm writing. I got to call you back. And he said he knew when I said that. He was like, oh, she on that shit. Because he knows I get into this space and I have to let it go. So I had to 
put this times aside so I could get this story flowing so I could write this book because I want to use this book as my um, cornerstone or my breakout book when I go to Los Angeles in September. So I'm really spending some time writing and making sure that it's good. What is it going to look like when it comes to production? I'm spending a lot of time on it. So this good now that it's flowing. The other thing is today, yesterday after I finished my exercise, I made a list of things that I needed to do. Is that yesterday? Yeah. Or this morning. Yesterday I made a list of things I needed to do. are things that I've been putting aside for a few weeks or months, just kind of ends that I haven't tied off. But because I'm now embarking on this amazing journey, my the universe is saying, these are things that you need to finish. And I'm actually having to go back as far as my first book, things that I didn't do and tie that shit off so that when I put this new book out there when I put the um, happiness begins with I and I embark on this other opportunity that I have that I'm in a good place and I'm not backtracking that's how you have to correct yourself the sad part is because I'm having to go back and correct myself it's exhausting me it's making me tired I feel overwhelmed but it's shit I put off that's on me you have you're responsible for doing the stuff that you have to do it doesn't matter if you sit up and watch tv for 10 hours the stuff that you do the stuff you don't do in that 10 hours you're still going to have to do it and when you have to do it you're going to be overwhelmed and if you're overwhelmed to the point that you stop working it gets in the way of you being of your purpose and self-actualized it kind of tosses you back a minute right so we're working very i'm working very hard to not get caught up in that Today, I spent a lot of the day trying to, I, man, I did some amazing, I got caught up on a lot of stuff today, compiling information, how the formats my books are in, my clients' books, if I have received the copyright or not, their ISBNs, just compiling all of this stuff in a, in a spreadsheet, because if no one, if everything is in my brain and I don't have it listed somewhere, I'm not going to be able to access it. This is all in preparation for me to step away from this part of my life, this part of my business, and to keep everybody taken care of. So you, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i post up Maslow's chart on my uh, Facebook if you guys want to see it. And I'll maybe play, find a place to put it on my website, but probably more on my Facebook, on my Joy Exposed, because I want you guys to look at it and think about where you are in your life. If you can only make, if you're only making the nine to five, if you're miserable, if you like all of these things and we don't even realize it, if your need is sex and not intimacy, like it's so detailed that it kind of tells you at the place that you're operating in your life. And, and uh, the truth of the matter is a lot of you don't, may not even want to fucking know where you're operating in your life. But when you get complacent because your motivation is not there, because you're meeting these basic needs, that's the shit that holds you hostage. Complacency holds you hostage. <laughs> oh my God, I am I have such an egghead and I've literally spent all this time talking about this. But I just want people to be able to know that you have a choice on how you're living. You have a choice on being great. 
you have a choice on achieving greatness and being self-actualized. And I know Maslow is only one psychologist that had a theory about what it looks like to grow, but one psychologist who has a theory for you to use as even a basis for understanding life is greater than having no one and just kind of winging it, right? That's if you want something greater than where you are or something beyond where you are, then you have to access it in a different place. You have to open up your mind and expand it. So when you look at the ones and they're working their ass off and you're like, man, they work a lot and they so dedicated and they just, they've, they've broken through that plane to go to the next place where we get complacent of just being we're complacent because we ate. We ain't worried about eating next time. We worried about this time, right? So I have, um, I'm really trying to figure this out. So let's see, uh, Mina just said, so, so true. I was just talking to someone about that recently. Yeah. So I'm, that's me. I'm not, I know I'm going to eat. There's not, I've never missed a meal. I know I'm going to eat. So I don't worry about what I'm going to eat. I'm worried about where I'm going to eat. I'm worried about the next thing that's going to come my way. That's me wanting to get to a place of being greatness. Me wanting to get closer to what God has called me to do. I'm not okay with working 8 to 4.30 in a job that I don't like. I've done it. I'm there. And when you people get complacent there, and the check coming every two weeks, and well, you know it. It's just what it is, and I'm, I ain't interested in that. I scream against that shit every day. Every day I'm screaming against it. How do I get out of it? How do I transition from this to that? How do I not be complacent here? I don't want to be complacent here. And you know what I'm telling myself? I got 258 days to go. 258 days to go that I can say I'm out this piece on to the next segment of my life. That's how I can sit there and do this each day. And I can still be great at it, but it's not the greatest that I'll be. My greatness is beyond this moment, and that's where I'm working. So this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Don't forget to download SoundCloud iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, oh my gosh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, ah! don't forget to download and subscribe, and you can also buy my books, just go to my website, joycelynwells.com, lots of yummy goodness there, and uh, remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better, I'll see you guys next week, and also, you can anything with this hour but you chose to do me Mwah. i appreciate you have a good night bye